Plays, the podcast game show where we battle to rank everything in the known universe. Jimmy Crickets, in this episode, Sidekicks. But first, Holy Thames, Batman! I'm Brandon. I hope Thames away! I'm Diane. The only time I acknowledge a sidekick is when I'm doing typo. I'm Deepo. I too get paid to make the people around me look good. I'm Lauren. Welcome, Lauren, to the show. Hello. Hello, thank you for having me. It's our pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of all of us. Yes. What's your elevator pitch? Like, who? What? Like, if you're selling <laughs> like the that. startup Lauren Mandel, how would you sell Lauren Mandel to Shark Tank? <laughs> Shark Tank, you've literally just thrown a wrench into it. <laughs> That's a very different pitch from the one I would give in an elevator to say Steve Burke from NBC Universal. Because, yes, I practiced that. Um, um, I am a producer and a comedian, and I uh, know these guys from Night Late, which is a show that we do at UCB. And I've been involved for two years as a producer. Um, on that show um, and when I'm not at night late or I should say when I'm not at Saturday Night Live I'm at night late but most <laughs> of my time is spent um, as the writer's assistant at Saturday Night Live where I have the pleasure of working with um, the talented writers and cast of our show I'm in for a million dollars in 10% equity oh <laughs> wow. oh I'm gonna say let's say I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 5% equity but uh, two million dollars. Okay, okay. Um, um, that is such a Barbara Corcoran move. <laughs> wow. Funny, the podcast now becomes forty minutes of us playing Shark Tank oh. with your personality. <laughs> we like cosplay. Really? Shark Tank. I really that when money became involved because I was like, "Oh, money that I'm being offered? What?" And I didn't register it. <laughs> Welcome, contestants. Define sidekicks. I like how she said that. Sidekick. Sidekick. <laughs> you were about to say it's a hard category. And in a way, it is a hard category because I immediately thought animated and it took a lot to pull me out of animated sidekicks or like superhero. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I just sort of doubled down in animated. <laughs> well, I was having a hard time. Like I, I had a long list of sidekicks, but I was trying to figure out like what makes a good sidekick versus a bad sidekick. Um, and then I decided it has to be like a lurking shadow in the background where if you remove them, the whole thing would crumble, but they're never like popping up too strong, you know? Yeah. I also, I, I, uh, my brain, my brain went to my mom telling me when I was little that you will never be the ingenue. And my agents told me this, you will always be the sidekick and they're the comic relief and the quirky one. So I tried to then get away from that because <laughs> my brain went to like Judy Greer and Stanley yeah. Tucci, <laughs> which is uh, which are great sidekicks. I don't know if those are any of yours, but I won't go into that. No, I love the dude. Yeah, but no, yeah, just remember, too. as as a as a mother could would, would say that the sidekicks are the ones that uh, without them, usually the the main character or the the, the main wouldn't, person wouldn't be able to do what they do. Yeah, and they that's a good sidekick. The good sidekicks are the ones that really support. The main character. Let's like, use I, that definition because then I'll win for a second oh, and third. Oh, oh well, wow. I, I think a, a very good example of the ultimate sidekick. Although I didn't put him in because I, I actually had higher faves than him. But I think Samwise Gam- Gamgee from Lord of the Rings, who carries Frodo to the top of the mountain, is like the perfect ex- that's perfect why, example. That's like I blacked oh. that movie out because. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hated that. <laughs> or um, Chelsea from That's So Raven that carried Raven to a oh. primetime slot on Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Twice in a row. <laughs> is she in the reboot? She's in the- Yes, yeah, they're like not lesbians, but they're sort of lesbians. But they're like partners and raise children together. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but they don't make love. We think. okay, okay, we don't know. All right, so everyone ready? Yeah, All right. engine started. <laughs> Battle begin. Round one. Miles tails power from Sonic the Hedgehog two versus Dion Davenport from Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, given his speed, I'll let Sonic the Hedgehog go first. <laughs> um, so something I learned in my research was that um, the character of Tails, the little fox friend of Sonic the Hedgehog, introduced in the game Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, his full name is actually Miles Tails Prower. That's Miles Prower. Miles Prower, super Japanese oh. pun right there, courtesy of Sega Genesis. Um, and he was... Cr- launched into the world because they were making a sequel. They had an inside Sega um, competition to come up with a sidekick for Sonic. And one of the main um, game designers won. He designed a character he named Tails because he was an adorable little fox with little shoes and two tails. Um, And the powers that be at Sega were like, "Mm, let's call him Miles Per Hour. And so the happy compromise was to call him Miles Quotation marks, tails, prower, which makes no sense. That's right. It's prower. It's prower. Like yeah. Miles Prower, <laughs> which is horrible. So I'm just going to call him tails and picked tails, not only because he was adorable, because but I think he really added to the game. He was, he could also run super fast like Sonic, but he was soft and fluffy and could turn his two tails into a helicopter, which introduced a fun new element to the game and allowed him to fly around, which in a way... It was like he could had all of Sonic's moves plus flying. And uh, what makes a better sidekick than that? I'll tell you what makes a better sidekick than that is <laughs> Dion Davenport from the 1995 coming-of-age tale Clueless, starring Alicia Silverstone, a budding Paul Rudd, and Stacey Dash. Um, so Dion uh, play is, is the best friend to the protagonist, Cher, and she landed this sidekick role because when they were in middle school, they realized they were both named after great singers of the past that now do infomercials. <laughs> um, so Clueless is like one of the best things that ever happened into the world, and I was trying to think of this like subtle giant where like, would the movie have been the same if she was missing her all-time bestie? Um, Dion, and I think the answer is no, which makes her a powerhouse. Like, one great example of this is she has the best line of the movie where that woman um, can't play tennis because she says her doctor said she can't play any sports where balls fly at her nose, and Dion has the most perfectly timed comedic line of, well, there goes your social life. She's supportive. She adds tension to the plot. She ends up being the better half of the movie sometimes, but can never leave the whole movie on their own. And I think that sort of yin and yang and zin and zang um, just makes her like an ultimate sidekick, even though she can't fly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, these were, I think the thing that unites both of these characters is that I didn't know either of their last names until right now. <laughs> um, they also each have like one very loud, cute accessory. So Dion has her hats and Tails has his shoes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
Gosh, those outfits were good. From I both love, of them. This is hard for me because Clueless is one of my most favorite movies of all time. And I almost didn't even think of Miss Dion as, like, as a sidekick. Because it's, like, such an ensemble. Oh, that's a pretty good slam. I was having the same thing about Tails, and this is just from my own biased past, but when I played Sonic the Hedgehog, I only played as Tails. Me too. <laughs> so like in my microcosm, he was the star, and Sonic was some, like, you know, something some hedgehog. else. Yeah, <laughs> some, hedge- some rando hedgehog. <laughs> some rando hedgehog. I, but my- you, had to play as te- you had to play as Sonic. So you only played Sonic 2 and, and, yeah. and after. Because yeah. Tails was there. Yeah, okay. I, my yeah. Sega, I had a Sega Genesis and it came with Sonic 2, so I actually never played Sonic 1. It was only Sonic 2 and Tails. It's hard because my improv name in college was Tails, and part of the mystery was that you didn't know how you got these names. And um, the way you just described Sonic, I, I've never played the game, the, the, this Tails character in Sonic, but I... I felt a lot of a personal attachment to it, but I thought I felt a lot of personal attachment to Clueless. And uh, <laughs> I'm, now I'm feeling very confused. <laughs> is, is it because your, your hair is a similar color to Tails? Well, that was the rumor. But now that I'm hearing about the <laughs> cute little shoes, I'm kind of feeling torn in, <laughs> in a new direction. And also, Did you have cute little red sneakers? <laughs> like very yeah, distinctive little red sneakers. In cute little red sneakers. Maybe. <laughs> Lord, I don't know you very well, but I have to assume at some point you probably had a cute little mini backpack and a weed. I currently have a mini backpack. You're killing me. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of characters I could identify with from, from this video game. But I always just assumed I was the clueless gals. Um, Anyhow, that doesn't make them any better sidekicks. What we really should be discussing here is that. And um, and I, I really but, do think Dion's one-liners made her an incredible sidekick. And we have to think of Dion as Dion and not get her conflicted with the actress who portrayed her, Stacey Dash, Dash, who is kind of the worst. <laughs> She's kind of the worst. But Dion was kind of the best. She um, was probably using birth control. She mm. was. Yeah, unlike Stacy Dash, I assume. <laughs> Dion was a horrible driver. Maybe that's not a uh, good sidekick quality. Or is it? Oh, I think that actually that instance itself led Cher to have her like pivotal moment that she was in love with Paul Rudd. Oh because yes. like she noticed that Dion and um Murray. Oh, what's his Murray. name? Murray yeah. were so in love that she needed love. <laughs> so the, so like, the, even her follies are a joy. And that is a trait of a sidekick that they actually put themselves into a dangerous situation or something terrible happens to them that does actually, this is something I read earlier today, and it does actually lead the um, hero to save them or to have their moment in Clueless. Lauren, I like you. Well, I also have a personal connection to Tails. I'm not sure how I feel right now. How often does Tails sacrifice himself to, for the greater good of Sonic? I mean, only if he falls on spikes. That happens quite a lot. Well, maybe when you're playing. Oh, oh, Genesis wow. Slam. So I think it sounds to me like Zara is, is on the side of Dion now. I mean, I can easily relinquish just because I love Clueless so much, which is sort of clouding my judgment. <laughs> but I still would like ta- a helicopter tail. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's give Tail some, some, like, a little bit of a moment. He, 
He's adorable. He's adorable. And Sonic 2 became the second highest selling game for Sega Genesis. I think mostly due to him. I think mm-hmm. we can look at the numbers that way. <laughs> <laughs> and is, is he just a straight up fox? Because I feel like all of these Sonic animals oh, are... He's a mutant. I mean, he has two tails. tails. Supposedly, I read on his his Wikipedia that he is also a mechanical genius, even better than Doctor Robotnik. But I don't really know how that's shown in the game. But that's part of his backstory. Oh, because there is a massive, detailed uh, canon involving the Sonic universe. Right. Mm. Probably the most detailed of all canons, (laughs) created from the internet mostly. I mean, there is. So many characters. There are so many stories. Which people hate, though. People, I think, (laughs) I will say that Tails was like, here, let's give him a sidekick. Yay. That's the end of it. But they kept making extra characters. And I think people who were fans of the game, I never played after Sonic 2. uh, So I never, like, dealt with this at all. But um, I think gamer people don't like all the characters. But Tails gets a pass. I think he was the first. All right, so where, where are we where are you landing here? Dion. I've got to go with my girl, D. I'll relinquish. All right. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about the Fox except these two. And he's eight years old. That's very impressive. Oh, yeah, that was another thing. It's like, he's eight years old. And you're like, okay. Yeah, I forget he's a child. It's Sonic's dragging a like a child along. Yeah, yeah and it's like, is this torture? What's happening? This is sad. Yeah, that's irresponsible. Irresponsible. <laughs> Two permits site. don't equal a license. Whoa. <laughs> Gary Walsh from Veep versus Mikey Minden, creative director to the stars. Oh, I know who might, might have picked this one. <laughs> it's not obvious. Um, but I'll, I will I uh, will let you go first, Veep. Oh, okay. So I picked uh, Gary Walsh uh, from Veep, uh, the HBO TV show, who's played by Tony Hale. He's billed as the personal aide and, like, quote, body man, unquote, <laughs> to um, Julia, Julie Louis Dreyfus, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Julia. Ju- Julia. JL, JLD. Um, <laughs> so he's like her number two guy uh, that's been in her side through the whole show, which is vice president and president and whatever hot mess Veep came up with in the last season. <laughs> um, but he's like, charge in charge of having her everything like whispering names into her hair carrying her tampons fixing her hair putting out her scarves for her outfits um and has this whole role so like literally in the show she is like explicitly his sidekick because he's never the star but he's doing all the backup support um but the reason i picked it too is because i think that the relationship between the two of them might be some of the like best interactions I've seen between two people in a comedy ever. Like it's got so much depth in it for what could have be really banal relationship, but like every season they add more and more and more layers to this like weird power dynamic role. Um, and Tony Hill is like a gorgeous comedian. It's, it's beautiful. And he like subtly just plays up everything that JLD throws at him. Um, so I thought he was a solid sidekick. So um, I chose another um, star of another well-known comedy, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, um, Mikey Minden. So Mikey Minden is um, the creative director of Erica Jane, um, but I learned in my research that Mikey Minden is quite a prominent um, creative director uh, to many of the stars. Um, 
I think that this is truly an exceptional sidekick on television, but also in real life, I would only hope that he is, is fabulous. Um, he uh, is actually also known for being the sidekick to many other leading women, like Robin Anton from the Pussycat Dolls. They had that uh, show on the CW, The Search for the Next Doll, and the Pussycat Dolls presents Girlicious. Um, again, two groups that I really respect and admire. <laughs> um, and the crazy thing about Mikey is that his one-liners, almost like um, Cher, uh, not Cher, um, Dion, his one-liners um, right back at Erica to make her feel good are kind of crazy. Uh, for example, um, and he really is just there to make her feel so good and powerful and sexy. And um, one of my favorites is she walks into the room and just says, to him, what are you doing? And he says, talking about you. And um, <laughs> to me, that's a real response that you want from a sidekick. Um, they're really just making it all about the hero. Um, whatever they can do to make it about the hero. Um, he makes her look expensive, and she doesn't give any Fs because of him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love your portrayal of Erica Jaden as the superhero. Oh, yes. Um, so, <laughs> she truly is. If you had an episode on superheroes, that would be my fave. Erica Jaden. So she is. She's a true queen. And in a way, both of these... It's funny that these two ended up head-to-head because they're both serving a similar purpose <laughs> to their strong lady. <laughs> Empress. Um, so it, it's perfect. Um, I love Mikey. I Full disclosure, I have been privy to being on calls with Mikey mm. about... Because um, we produced like, an amazing um, performance uh, of Erica's in L.A., and he, it's like he is this force of nature and wants everything to be awesome. So that's like always his note. It's like, is it going to be amazing? Yes, what we're in. Like it's the most positive wave of like the best possible way to work with someone is like we everyone. He's like united and unites people in making her look the best. And that's like his sole energy and purpose. <laughs> he literally makes her would- superhero outfits. Yeah, there's a lot of strong <laughs> shoulders in her looks. Yeah, and, and sparkles. I love to hear that he actually has t- talent, because when you listen to him on the show, he sounds so vapid. Like, the only words that come out of his mouth are like, work it, work it. More pillows. But it's good to know that she, she, that he has like utility in the world. That is a beautiful choice. Um, I'm I'm wavering, but I'm gonna want to hear what Brandy has to say before uh, I jump ship. This is so, gonna be. It's slightly. I think he's slightly biased in the fact. I only that barely know Mikey Manning. Yeah. Uh, and Veep is one of my fave shows that's currently on the air. Um, and I think the performance of Gary is is phenomenal. Every every scene, every scene he's in, I think he does end up stealing it. He does incredible work, Um, but I mean that's just the performance, and that I have to take the whole package. And um, so I don't know. I'm not as passionate about Gary as maybe other people are about Mikey Minden, creator director to the stars. (laughs) Can I read one of Mikey's um, pep talks, please? So before. They put on a show. This is from an episode of Beverly Hills from last season. Um, He gathers everyone in a prayer circle and says, 
Put on a fucking amazing show. Sex on a platter. Pump it up. Tits, ass, dicks throbbing. I love you all. On three, pretty mess. <laughs> I quit. I, 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 I withdraw I Gary Walsh. I withdraw. Okay, while you withdraw, I do want to let you guys know that my closing argument was that on Broadway, he played Chip in Beauty and the Beast. He can do it. Oh. Yeah. You know, I, I, like you, a are, you are a new player, but you should have saved that for future rounds. <laughs> Don't, yeah, yeah, that was my closing argument for this round. Wait till you hear oh. me. Oh. Well done. All yeah. right. Bye, Gary. <laughs> I love Gary so much. Dude. I love Gary too. <laughs> he's so amazing. I love way, my it is, favorite show. It does make sense that he's pushed away by something much flashier flashier all right <laughs> next round the moon from the solar system versus diuels from game of thrones <laughs> so I, I will go first i picked the moon uh which is the earth's only permanent natural satellite you also might know it from the sky <laughs> at night um <laughs> Moon? <laughs> well, it's 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 the Earth sidekick. It's the, okay. Keep going, but I'm going, so interested. I'm interested. Yeah. It's the fifth largest moon in the solar system. It's 4.5 million years old, and not um, it formed not long after the Earth. So Earth came first, and the Moon came right after. Um, it makes a complete orbit every uh, 27 days, and without the Moon, there wouldn't be tides. Um, and you know, the, um, it's one of the, th the first things we became fascinated by as, as a human culture. Uh, a 5,000-year-old rock carving from uh, North Ireland, in May, uh, which represents the moon, um, could be the earliest depiction of anything ever discovered. Um, and Is the, it just a circle? The landing on the moon... <laughs> uh, I'll save that question. The, the landing on the moon caused the space race. Uh, like Trying to get to the moon caused the space race, which led to all kinds of great inventions like Velcro and Tang and uh, the development of, of computers. And guys, in a week from this recording, I don't know when this is going to come out, the moon is going to have its big day, making all the news, all the listicles, because the moon is causing the ultimate... The ultimate in entertainment, an eclipse. Mm. And that's my argument for the moon. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to follow this. <laughs> but it is moon, moon adjacent. Uh, I picked the direwolves from Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is such a wacky round. <laughs> what's happening right now, Dad? Um, because I think what's important in a strong sidekick is to have someone in your corner someone who can protect you, someone who could tear someone apart if they get close to you or mess with you. And that is why I picked the direwolves from Game of Thrones. For those of you who aren't familiar, direwolves are mythical creatures in the Game of Thrones universe that are like wolves, but the size of horses. And in the show, um, the Stark family stumbles upon sick little direwolf puppies in the forest that and their mother has been killed and so they decide to take them in and there is a puppy for every stark child and even the bastards even the bastard they think at first there isn't a puppy for him and then they find it and it's the white runty one of the litter and Jon Snow gets a puppy and so in the end each of them has this sort of giant wolf that's linked to them and then various adventures and sad horrible things happen to them but it, it's just amazing, both in the show and in the book. It's a creature 
it's in your corner and it will mess you up if you like offend <laughs> the owner of the or the person who's paired with the uh, the dire wolf and i think it this triggered for me um in the 90s there were many wolf movies like white fang and balto and i always wanted a wolf and so imagining <laughs> having a giant wolf to like fight to the death for me um that would be my ideal sidekick Zara, here's my problem. I think push comes to shove a wolf at its, the, a dire wolf at its best is a better sidekick than the moon, which sort of seems to be like having a dream girl situation where it's standing in front of the sun. <laughs> but the problem is like, as of like season six of Game of Thrones, like the dire wolves are totally irrelevant. And as of like season one billion of the earth, <laughs> the moon is still like Guys, it's still sticking like around. Extremely relevant. Oh, so you're talking about, yeah, longevity. Okay. Yeah, There's still two dire wolves of the six are still alive. A third of the I, I love them in the books, but the, the the show, because of the expense of them, seems to write around them, which really breaks the illusion of the show to me. But wasn't it cool when Ghost came to the rescue and, like, dove Yeah, but into I'm the sure battle? in the books there's going to be a lot more, right? Um, no. <laughs> I guess it was expensive to write Wolf. <laughs> it's expensive to write those wolves. Oh, an eight-letter word. <laughs> um, I mean... My so it's interesting. So I know sorry. you. Sorry, you go for oh, it. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's kind of like the moon. I mean, you know, as much as it is a sidekick to an Earth, is almost as much as it is a sidekick to any of us, and that <laughs> is kind of big. Like the moon has always been there for all of us, just as much as we can argue that it's been there for the Earth. You could say it shows up in the morning. Yes. It goes away at night when you want to be alone. Um, it's. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to defend it in the same way we could say it was defended for the Earth. <laughs> yeah, true. I it's mean, like, how do you have their periods without? Right, it. right. That's, that's true. all that's about, right? That's just the moon. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like a lot of people and it makes have people good go crazy because of it. You know, it's very romantic. Uh, that's a very important sidekick quality to let the romance just happen. <laughs> And it's oh. never it's never about the moon. Yeah, exactly. Like the moon always pushes the the spotlight onto everybody else in that it's shining light. Mm. Um but <laughs> which is cool of the moon to not like you know be an int- so attention seeking. There is something very literal though about the sidekickness of the dire wolf cuz like honestly they were always at the Stark children's sides. Yeah, and they caused, they're literally at their sides. They caused a lot of big plot points early on, a lot of tear-jerking plot points. Uh, It's true that now there's only two of them, so they aren't used as much on the show. Um, Wait, didn't Sophie Turner buy a wolf? She took home the the dire her yes, dire wolf lady. She, I mean, in real life, that is how much she felt that wolf was her sidekick in the show. That she she True. couldn't be without him or her. Which one is she? In like Sansa. Oh, gross! Wait, I love her. Never <laughs> <Yes>. mind. <laughs> I got confused. Wow. <laughs> 
I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Are you leaning more moon? <laughs> I almost don't want. Like, I feel so strongly about the moon that I. Well, I so I, I, I just put something into context. <laughs> where um, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but we're. Brandon and I are driving to Montreal and Brandon realized that the day we're driving back is the eclipse day and it's completely changed all plans. And now we're going to drive off the road somewhere to watch the eclipse. But it's like, it's on his mind. Wow. (laughs) It's always on our our mind. (laughs) I rarely am at a loss for words in this podcast. (laughs) There's some... even more interesting ones coming up. Yeah. Okay. When I realized Wait, the moon ask- wasn't some sort of character from uh, anime that Brandon watches and I don't, and realized it was the actual moon, like it, it caught my breath. <laughs> so I, I, I have first to thought he meant moon. like the moon from Mighty Boosh. I was like trying to think of oh, like oh yeah, this moon. No, no. But see, the moon is like it's moon. It's been in so many uh, <laughs> pop, so much pop culture. It's been in probably all pop culture in some way. Is the moon not all of our sidekicks? <laughs> right? Lauren, where are you where are you leaning? I mean the moon has always been there for me. I'm really leaning in that direction. Yeah. I think it's a no brainer that it's the moon and we're just yeah. trying to spare Zara's feelings. It's okay. No, but I have a connection to the wolves. I get it. I I I love the direwolves. I love the direwolves. Um but I have a question about why other sidekicks from Game of Thrones. Other than you love animals, but why not the dragons? Why not Sam? Oh, I didn't even think. I thought. I think the dragons are a little overrated. <laughs> Me too. I, I think the dragons. They're a little too unpredictable. They're not oh, as loyal. What's that little guy's name that hangs out with Brienne Tarth? Oh, Podrick. he's a Podrick. <laughs> he would have been a good one. He's what like a little peapot sidekick with a big dick. Oh yeah, I forgot oh about that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's that's, that's canon. That's canon. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> plot point. Um, wow. Right. I t- yeah, fine. fine. Take the moon. <laughs> Chewbacca from Star Wars versus NBC Pages from the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lauren, you can okay, go first. Okay, sure. So. Um, For the two of you in this podcast not familiar, the NBC Page program is the premier early career development experience in media. It's a premier program in the entertainment industry, and essentially a page will spend a year rotating around NBC Universal in a variety of diverse assignments. Um, So um, I myself was a page, and I know we have someone else on this podcast who was also a page. (laughs) Did I stack this one? I don't know. (laughs) Um, so um pages really are (laughs) sidekicks to the entire company um page actually means little helper i can't remember exactly what language that is in but my sister's middle name is page and i looked it up and it's not french and it's not latin which i was told it was one of those but my sister's middle name is page because it means little helper um a page is a confidant to their higher-ups. They literally wear a costume that is less attractive than the costumes that those around them wear, which is a trope of a sidekick. Um, they <laughs> always have to smile and take it. Um, that sounds horrible. Sorry. 
God. No, but like really a page would have to just smile and it will be okay. And, um, uh, you know, a page has a lot of responsibility, but, um, and they carry a lot of different, uh, a lot of different baggages, but, um, they really, at the end of the day, pull together and make it happen so that the people around them can do their jobs and fight on. Um, you know, a sidekick is a person's assistant or a close associate is one definition, especially uh, one who has less authority than that person. And a page has the least authority of anyone in NBC Universal. Anyway. I think some interns are <laughs> like more powerful than pages, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. they definitely are. The interns yes. are more powerful, 100%. I think it's one of the best sidekicks <laughs> of the modern age. <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to do a, a sidekick from a age long ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. And that is Chewbacca. Uh, Chewbacca, uh, a, a name much like Madonna or Cher. Uh, Chewbacca is a Wookiee from the planet Kashyyyk. He's a warrior, smuggler, and resistance fighter who fought in the Clone Wars, the Galactic Civil War, and the conflict between the First Order and, and the Resistance. But you might know him as the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon. Um, he was uh, based on... The character Chewbacca was based on um, an Alaska Malamute dog uh, that was owned by George Lucas in the 1970s. And he thought that, that there was no, uh, no one more loyal than his dog. So he wanted um, Chewbacca... He wanted Han Solo to have basically a, a big dog <laughs> as his sidekick. Uh, and... Uh, Chewbacca, although he's big and fluffy, uh, he um, and he's very loyal to his friends. He um, don't make him mad because he will literally rip your arm off. <laughs> uh, he was uh, played by uh, Peter Mayhew, uh, and now in the new movies, Peter because he can't walk very well. He does he. They have him play Chewbacca when he's sitting down, and then they have a a big, tall, younger guy. I think he's like Swedish or something to play him when he's running around and moving. Um, but I also think that the, the character Chewbacca is, um, part of it is the, an, um, such is the amazing performance of Harrison Ford because whenever Chewbacca says something, Harrison Ford emotes what Chewbacca is saying and everyone around him. So I think the character Chewbacca is so beautifully created by all of the actors around him. Um, and, you know, there's it, so much to say. I can go on forever because it's the Star Wars character, so I don't want to go into every little detail. But um, he, in the extended universe, they killed him off in the books. And then when Disney expunged it, I think a very smart thing to do was, I think, I hope, and I, I, I'm sure Chewbacca will go on for as long as Star Wars goes on, because he's a character everyone loves. And that is Chewbacca. I don't know his last name. I'm positive he doesn't have one. <laughs> But in the so, Christmas special, that is that his family? Um, oh, yes. So, yes, that's his family. Wait, so his family, and they do Lumpy Baca, right? So, so Baca might be the Baca last name. Baca might be the last okay. name. Yeah. I don't know how Wookiee f- um, name systems work, but, yeah, they all have the la- Lumpy Baca and Stinky Baca. Yeah. So, yeah, so Chew must, Chewy is his first name. So this podcast is now totes blasting. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring it all out. 
Um, Lauren, can I ask you a quick follow-up um, question, mostly just to stop the one-hour tirade of Star Wars verse that's about that's going to happen if I don't stop it? But I want to I want to know: Do you think that there needs to be a delineation drawn between sidekick and like little bitch? Oh, why? Do you know what I mean? Or, or like, no, or are they always the same thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, is like, is, is, does there have to be like a air of like, oh, you're also my buddy to be a sidekick or can your sidekick? I would like, argue that pages are absolutely little buddies. That might be how they're perceived on the outside to you. So there's like a buddy-ish to it. It's like not like, um, uh, like an indentured it's servant. It's not an indentured servant. <laughs> Like, I did have someone one time when I was working. I did have there's minimum wage. There's minimum wage. I did have some. This woman asked me one time when I was working because you give tours as a page, and she asked me how much I paid to be a part of this. Oh yeah, Yeah. no, the pages are a really wonderful uh, thing that exists in my head. So a page is like Um, it, it really. I think. A page talks about themselves as like, oh, I was the bottom of the chain. But I actually really do believe that there's a lot of respect for pages and that they do. Obviously, I think they go on to do awesome stuff. And um, yeah. and I think that's because of the great leaders around them. Um, so they very much look mm. up to their heroes. And one day, a great sidekick does become a hero, maybe. Oh, that even sort of had a little bit of a Yoda feel to it, which is a oh, nice great. pivot for my question for Brandon. <laughs> How do we know that Han Solo isn't the sidekick and Chewbacca's the wow. dog? This is an interesting question. Because I was I almost I was I, looking at some lists and they were saying like Princess Leia is the sidekick to Luke. No. No. No, but Chewbacca is Chewbacca Han Solo introduces himself as the captain of the Millennium Falcon. And so in the world of the Millennium Falcon, it's like Han Solo is number one and Chewbacca is number two. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if once the Millennium Falcon was given to Rey. Now, I, it's not clear well, we whether the Falcon was given to, to Rey. I think they cho- I don't know. We'll establish this. I know it's ever been said. Was the Falcon given to Chewbacca? And then Rey's just taggling along now in, yeah. the, in the Falcon. I think Chewbacca, Chewbacca now has the Falcon. Right? Is he still a sidekick? Or is he now just still the co-pilot? That's what I'm wondering. Is he now... At one point he was a sidekick, but is he still still a sidekick? We need an answer, Brandon. We'll find out in December. We'll find out in December. I think you need to post this on a message. Can we call Ron Howard? Is that what this is? (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, he'll be in the the new... He'll be in... The, the next movie. He'll be in the next two movies and we'll get his full official backstory from Ron Wait, Howard. but here's my thing. I Coming, never doubted uh, he'd 20... be in the movies because I think he's a lead. I always knew he'd be in the movies. What about, I think the sidekick in Star Wars is that C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Oh, R2-D2 and C-3PO. But Chewbacca's yeah. the sidekick to Han Solo. How many sidekicks can there be? Right. That's a good question. I think this I always get gets hard. you consider the hero. <laughs> And also, it's like, I think it's always hard in an ensemble. Like, and isn't is... C-3PO R2-D2 sidekick? <laughs> yeah. No, or I would, yes. I would think, yeah, that's actually a good question. Who is the sidekick? Well, there could R2-D2 be sidekicks or two sidekicks, right? 
BB-8 oh, BB yeah, BB is a, a hard sidekick. <laughs> BB-8 was the sidekick um, of 2015, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Christmas yes. presents. <laughs> when Jacob trembles um, into you, that's a good uh, sidekick sign. Oh, yeah. That would have been a great sidekick. He's, a, he's not a leading man yet. I was just and then I was like, is it too dark? I was like, is Jacob Tremblay the, um, the sidekick to Brie Larson in Room? <laughs> no. I'm just thinking of that Billy on the Street episode he like, did. He was the great sidekick to Billy Eichner. Or is it the other way around? Oh. Anyhow, I'm off topic. But hmm, Billy Eichner makes me think of pages. Same kind of energy, for sure. <laughs> Well, the thing I, so I was a page. I have great love for a lot of the experiences I had in the program, but what's hard is like, it's almost like the page program is a faceless mass. There's no like buddy, buddy, zigger, winking nods, like BFF thing going on. It's definitely like a boss indentured servant relationship. (laughs) Um, where it's like, you're the person in uniform who helps kind of, or like you knew, you know, someone could go to and Chewbacca doesn't have a uniform. He has like a bandolier, but (laughs) he's not being forced to wear anything at all. Really? (laughs) The other thing Chewbacca brings to the table that we've sort of missed on the mark, except I don't really know if the moon has this or not (laughs) is the, um, like the buddy buddy relationship of sidekicks, like the old, like the chumminess of Chewbacca and Han Solo. There's something very endearing about that. And that's very like classic sidekick. Yeah. Cause I do, I do think between the two of them, he is the sidekick and it is that perfect buddy buddy. Like they've been through a lot. But in a fun way, not in a weird like Sam and Frodo way where there's clearly like I'm the boss and you're the helper kind of relationship. I'd say they're they're more they're like equal psych like sidekick relationship. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess. No, I guess because it's, it's, you can't like they respect each other. Yeah. I think there's a lot more back and forth in a negative way between like Chewbacca will tell Han he's doing stuff exactly. wrong. Exactly. When in Sam would never tell Mr. Frodo he's doing anything. Guys, the stereotype <laughs> of a page would listen to this conversation and say, let friendship win. So I think that we <laughs> all in on Chewbacca. Round two. Archimedes from the Sword in the Stone versus Dion Davenport from Clueless. Go ahead, Zara. <laughs> oh, wait, another animal? <laughs> That's right. Um, Archimedes is the quote-unquote highly educated owl from the Sword in the Stone. Um, this movie was, before I discovered Clueless, the Sword in the Stone had my heart. Um, and this is an example of a classic sidekick that completely steals the show. Like, he has every comic moment one-liner he's kind of like sarcastic and um negative in a funny way and sort of is like the voice of the audience being like this is crazy um and he is so cute and funny and constantly like flustered and upset about stuff which was as a child was one of my favorite like comedy tropes in animated movies um and from past episodes you might know that i love a worried character Um, And this is the ultimate worried, flustered character. The guy who is the voice of him also is the voice of the rabbit, Winnie the Pooh. 
another flustered, anxious character. Um, but he was just so funny and had so many just like perfect moments as well as just like he was an owl, but he was almost like the comic fun sidekick um, in a children's movie and had sort of like an adult take on the silly things that were going. You know, Archimedes is pretty interesting because he's like um, he's got a little paternal air to him, right? Yeah, he helps like, teach it, Wart to fly. He's a Jiminy when, Cricket. When Wart, he's like uh, a, he has right? aspects of Jiminy Cricket, but not the sincerity. Because I hated Jiminy Cricket because yeah. he was too goody two shoes, and Archimedes is like a negative Nancy version of. No, that. but it's interesting to think of a sidekick that's like. Um, like I always think of like Batman and Robin where Robin's like the littler one and that's why he's the sidekick. Right. You know? Where Archimedes is sort of like the Definitely. wiser one. Well the wiser, more worried, like this stuff could go wrong character yeah. where Merlin is more like the ditzy, like everything's gonna be great. And Archimedes is like, We better watch out. <laughs> oh no, did none of us pick that guy from Ferris Bueller? Which guy? <laughs> No. Oh, that's a mistake. But that's neither here nor there. Is he the Archimedes of Ferris Bueller? He's the Archimedes of Ferris Bueller. I have a question for you. Does Archimedes have a last name? You know what? (laughs) I should look into this. Maybe that will be the deal breaker. We all know what Dion's last name is. (laughs) It's true. Um, Archimedes was named for a Greek philosopher, scientist, oh. <laughs> like how Miss Dion was named for Dion Warwick. Okay. <laughs> the real battles between Dion Warwick and Archimedes. Yeah, I don't the know. It still sounds right? the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love a dry, wise guy, like a wise owl. Like that is uh, one of my favorite characters. Um, and I love, I love the sidekick that's actually like. A little dominant. That is, a, that is great. Like the yes. smart one, because I guess we've had when we were talking about Chewbacca, we were talking about that as like the classic mm-hmm. BFF sidekick, and this is sort of the classic dumber one, smarter one, or like ditzier one, more literal one yeah. dynamic. Like the like the, the 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 bird from Lion King, Zazu. He's or like Dion in Clueless. <laughs> yeah, who would yeah. be the Merlin and who would be the Archimedes? <laughs> uh, I don't even know the answer to that. There, I think Ar- um, Dion thinks she's the Archimedes, but actually yeah. she is the Archimedes. She's not the Archimedes until after she figures out that that guy is gay. She becomes yes. the Archimedes yeah, halfway real, through the film. Or when she realizes she's totally in love with Josh. So if you're the Archimedes for only 5% of the film, are you the Archimedes? This is, again, we should just put this to a message board of some kind. Brandon, look into that. (laughs) There's going to be like 10 Reddits based off of this episode. Um, So what do, I mean, do we want to pick some stupid owl or historic (laughs) Dion Davenport? (laughs) Every time you say her last name, it makes me want to vote for her less. <laughs> I, I'm really on the side of, of Archimedes because he has that great um, pun with who. Who? Does he not? Doesn't he say who? He uses the, the who pun. Often. Is the Often. Tootsie Pop owl based off of Archimedes? <laughs> because 
That would be a game changer. They all fall into that owls. There's like he's part of that owl with like a mortar board uh, archetype. <laughs> that was my school's, that was my school's mascot. Brandon's mascot, the Tootsie Pops, and also if you had Disney sing-alongs, there was also an owl with a that hat who would teach mm-hmm. you how to sing. I think that was the Winnie the Pooh owl, right? <laughs> he didn't. Ha- he was wise, but he did not have the hat that like mortar board hat. <laughs> Why can't I say mortarboard? That's hard word to say. Mortarboard. <laughs> I like giving him a little love. He's one of those Disney characters that you can't find stuffed animals for. Like he oh, my just- <laughs> oh my god! I want to have a Toad's Babe Disney character as you can't find stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> I can Kelsey right from Batso Raven. <laughs> yes. Also, like he's just like um, getting like some little white hairs under his chin. He's just really cute. He's so cute. He gets wet at one point and then gets all fluffy. Another favorite Disney trope <laughs> of an animal getting wet and then puffing up. Uh. <laughs> all right. So, Deepu, um, I'm hearing three votes for Archimedes. Okay, but let's just let's take a moment to notice this is becoming a podcast where we only pick animated Animals and puppets. Um, on Mikey, every <laughs> Mikey, the okay. creative director, is not an animated There's puppet. Not one Muppet. Uh, the moon, Mikey Minden. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, let's put on our hats, like, as we move forward in the future, do we want to be known as, like, if you just throw out an owl or a Muppet, it's going to get to the finals. I'm fine losing this round. I just wanted to say it out loud. We can Gonzo's move on. Gonzo's not on this list. Foggy Bear's not on this list. I did not pick a single Muppet. Because I know it's a trigger for you. Archimedes is practically a Muppet. Take, take that back. <laughs> Joe Biden from the Obama administration versus Mikey Minden, creative director to the staff. I'm I'm sorry, Good Lauren. God. Um, <laughs> Joseph Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Um, is an American politician who was the 47th vice president of the United States from 2009 to 2017. Uh, he was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, and in 1942 and conquered stuttering as a child by reading uh, speeches in the mirror at home. Um, and he, uh, became a, uh, he became an attorney and uh, became one of the um, youngest senators in history um, spent, and would go on to spend 36 years in the U.S. Senate, uh, the longest-serving public servant in, in history. I'm throwing that out there. I'm pretty certain it's true. And in his... Early in his career, he dealt with major tragedy um, while Christmas shopping. His first wife, um, Niella Hunter uh, Biden, uh, and their daughter, Naomi Biden, were killed in a car accident. And his sons, Bo and Hunter, were badly injured but survived. And because of this, he started to ride the rails every weekend back home to be with his kids. Um, And... Uh, he had a stellar career, uh, was known for being a real uh, rabble rouser in the Senate, but also being like a true Democrat. And he rose, uh, he uh, ran for president a few times, uh, but when uh, Barack Obama finally, um, when Barack Obama got the nomination, he thought there was only one person that he wanted to be his like confidant and uh mentor and that was uh diamond joe biden and uh he became uh, an amazing vice president doing a great job of doing the one of the most thankless jobs 
in uh, the world <laughs> and uh, doing it with a real smile. And uh, I think one of the greatest, one of the <laughs> hardest I've ever cried watching the news was when Joe Biden was given the <laughs> Medal of Freedom by Barack Obama and broke down crying. Um, also, he ended up losing his his son to cancer and continued to go on fighting um, and having just an amazing personality. Um, uh, I To be honest, I think he is one of the greatest politicians to ever be. But I, as you, I just because I have to sum as a sidekick, he was uh, an incredible vice president and became an, a very close friend to Barack Obama um, and supported him all along the way. So, am I Joe Robinette Am I really <laughs> supposed to respond to that with Pat the Puss? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's either that or drop it down low on the dick. Like that. Those are those are the only phrases I have left from Mikey. Um, Although I like imagining Joe Biden saying he's like <laughs> such a good guy that he probably would. I mean, <laughs> if you asked him to, he'll do almost anything. <laughs> we all know where we stand. I'm, on this. I'm, gonna, throw out, so I'm gonna throw out something a little controversial. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I I love Joe Biden. Okay, that's not the controversial part. In this Toad's Fame bracket, do we need Joe Biden and Chewbacca in the finals? Like, do do we need both Joe Biden and Chewbacca when poor Mikey is a very, very interesting, different type of sidekick? So I'm just going for a little bit of like, let's check our, like, let's think about the diversity of how interesting Mikey is as a option. And like, is it unfortunate that Chewbacca came before Joe Biden? Probably. Yeah, a little bit. But well, Joe Biden was my number one. So he had a very strong seed. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden recently popped up in my email inbox because Live Nation was promoting him. Why is Joe Biden? He's on tour. I don't care. He's Joe Biden. He doesn't need to use Live Nation. That was a notch down for me. He needs to cash those checks. I I think it's because he he is a he's been a public servant his whole life, so he doesn't need to work as much as possible. Uh, And because of all the medical bills and things he has had to pay in his family as well, he doesn't have a lot of money. So he does have. Because he's been a career politician, he's given his whole life to public. Well, I just want you guys to know that Mikey Minden has given his whole life to the renowned (laughs) teaching field, in addition to his renowned choreography field. Um, His spreading, he spread his style of movement all around the world. He has toured in. Many famous dance conventions, and he gives seminars to young dancers on what it takes to flourish in the dance industry. With an expansive experience in teaching, Mikey has the ability to educate dancers and groom them into professional dancers, and it's all positive and inspiring. And just a yes and Lauren there. I know um, Joe Biden might have some sort of medal, courage medal or something, but Mikey has been nominated for up to three VMAs for his choreography. I also want you guys to know that Mikey is responsible for Paris Hilton's The Stars Are Blind promo tour, in addition to working with Carmen Electra a handful of times. <laughs> Is it his website that advertises it as a handful of times? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's on here so many times that that's my lazy way of counting. 
But yes, he did an aerobic striptease choreography for Carmen Electra. And poor Mikey Minden had to do those Carl Jr.'s commercials that aired in the Super Bowl. It's mm-hmm. not easy being. But how did any of these things help him help him help other people as a sidekick? Joe Biden helped Obama end the Iraq. Do you know war. how much joy Mikey brings me every Wednesday night when I'm so tired from work? I go home and I turn on and I wait for that one line from Mikey that's going to get me through the next week. Pillows, more pillows. <laughs> Honestly, one yas brings me to tears. <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm still very strongly rooted in voting for mikey right now i mean i i find it hard because the joy you're speaking of is the same joy that's brought to me by watching joe biden eating ice cream which is a internet meme that is <laughs> Bebby has done his, I his true love anything you can cream. find a video of erica jane eating ice cream <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. Careers wrecked by. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do oh. like your point that it's uh, Mikey Minden is a true sidekick. Where it's it's like Joe Biden is so much like okay. That is actually the argument we should all be making. Joe Biden is a leading man. He's not a sidekick. He is yeah. a best yeah. friend to Obama. Yes, but he's just that good of a guy. He's a leading man. If we did an Amer- Totes Faves American oh. Heroes, I would yeah, hands down vote all Joe Biden. We stand on Joe Biden, but I would be upset to walk away today knowing that we labeled him as our Totes Faves sidekick. Would you guys feel good about that? <laughs> no, I, sir. I, I, I feel good about moving Mikey Minden forward, but I will say for the record that if it was like Joe Biden, Chewbacca, Joe Biden Absolutely. would win. It's we only just the fault of the, how the... The the bracket it's how fell. It it's how it's how yeah. God, I've almost Unlucky been brought bracket. to tears myself. Andy Richter from Conan O'Brien versus the Moon from the Solar System. <laughs> okay, guys, play play time's over. Okay, play time's over. Enough enough fun and games. It's time to actually argue for a legit sidekick <laughs> and that is andy richter to conan o'brien and in all honesty this doesn't even need argued because he is like the quintessential sidekick but i'm i'm specifically talking about his stints on uh late night and the tonight show on nbc and conan on tbs and he like literally is the magic that lets conan shine and there's this other element of sidekickness that he adds that i think is sort of part of the classically defined Sidekick is that like, so Batman's like the big, whoa, like this is huge. And then you got like the everyday man that's the sidekick, which is Robin. That's more relatable. And if there is nobody in the world that is more relatable than Andy Richter. He's like sort of a Duffy, every man type of guy. He broke a couch once because he got too excited when Lauren Graham was on the set. <laughs> he like was just like the, the perfect note to like, to let all the silliness and wackiness of, um, of Conan happen. And I think what like solidifies him as a perfect sidekick, unlike the moon, which has stood on its own for so long, <laughs> is that every time Andy Richter tried to do a solo act, no matter how phenomenal the writing was or the production or the supporting cast for like Andy Barker PI and Andy controls the universe, he just couldn't do it in his own. <laughs> like he has, he has to be at the side of Conan to flourish. And I just think that the, it's, the, it's, it's not even an option to pick the moon over Andy Richter. 
Um, I will add that like even a point in Andy's favor is that even the was it when it was switching from late night to tonight show? There was a period when Andy went away and that wasn't yes. good. Like it it felt weird not having him there. And it didn't let like Conan wasn't his true self without Andy. So I think it almost mm. works both ways. Like they can't exist without the other. Similar to the the earth and the moon. <laughs> the, earth, the earth and the, the earth could not exist without the, the moon as we know Do it. You wonder though. And uh, if the moon went away, we wouldn't have tides. We wouldn't have uh, menstruation cycles. <laughs> no, no, Brendan, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm very pro interesting choices on Toots Babes. But sometimes there's that like the beacon of a shining star, you know, the quintessential, the archetype of all. You know what like, shines, star, you know what shines better than any of the stars? <laughs> oh crud. Um you know, I, I have to say about Andy Richter is that, yes, uh, Conan is very, very different without him. I don't like how they're with more the rise of these field pieces, and uh, they use him so much less than they did in the beginning. Um, hmm. And uh, he just—he seems like a really nice guy. He seems like uh, a, a great, a, a, a great person to work with. Um, but um, I don't know. He he. Didn't like start religions. <laughs> he, he, did, he did not start religions. That we know he of. did. Um, he did flash Mount Lauer on the Today Show. Did he? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a bit. All right. <laughs> so he showed him his moon. Wow. Which so did he moon him or did he flash him? It was flash him. It was full frontal. Um, <laughs> like in a raincoat. No, it's just like he was just like naked on that background drop, you know? Oh, 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 oh. Like in the real life people. Yeah. Also, unlike, um, like, Andy Richter doesn't disappear every three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Did we talk about that? How's that for a sidekick? The moon just disappears every three weeks. It's still there. You can't depend Uh, on the moon. Is it? Is it? (laughs) Do we know that for a fact? I'm not sure we know that. He just disappears. And then it always does that thing of like where it's almost full and you're like, it's a full moon. And then you're like, no, it's not. And then you wait a day and then it's already going away. Deepa, I want to warn you. On Monday, when the sun disappears, it's, it's not actually gone. I'm just letting you know so you don't. You know, you, freak out. You know, that's an opinion. That's just a theory. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a theory that hasn't been proven. So what what do we think, guys? Are we going uh you know, the moon or Andy Rector? Who sits underneath the moon every but night? Andy is a professional <laughs> sidekick. <laughs> he is a professional Ooh, yeah. job I don't is. Know. I'm 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 the moon has a lot of other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to go with the guy who makes his living being a sidekick, Andy Richter. <laughs> Dogs, man's best friend versus Hugh Becker from Star Wars. Why do I have to go up against Star Wars again? But dogs versus space dogs. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so dogs. Um, just to 
make sure we're all on the same page, are a domesticated carnivorous mammal that typically has a long <laughs> snout, an acute sense of smell, and a barking, howling, or whining noise. Or, like my dog Molly, they don't make any noise. It is widely kept as a pet, or you can use them for work or for field sports. So I think that's what's really important here. Dogs have many purposes, and they serve in many different sidekick stereotypes. So dogs have always been known as man best, man's best friend, but they've actually been one of our earliest to date sidekicks, okay? So we've got some really fun examples here. I'm going to start light. We've got um, media examples. So are you guys familiar with the movie The Kingsman? It's great. If I'm not even pausing for an, a question and answer time because it's a fantastic movie, <laughs> which is why the second one has Halle Berry in it. I'm pretty sure Halle Berry's in it. I think she is, right? I'll find out later. But anyhow, there's a whole section in Kingsman 1 about dogs. It is literally a challenge to see if they can raise their own sidekicks. The... Uh, <laughs> Like, M6 guys need to have dogs in order to be proper M6 men. They need a companion, a sidekick. Number two, Bruiser and Legally Blonde. This second movie, this sequel of Legally Blonde, is literally about Bruiser being the best sidekick in the entire world to Elle Woods. She loves him so much that she stops animal testing. Number three is a little bit of a sad note. (laughs) Unfortunately, this last weekend... One of the most important television sidekicks passed away, Tammy. She was Chelsea Handler's dog and a sidekick on the show. Tammy sat there through every horrible guest interview that Chelsea did. Um, Chelsea does amazing interviews. I personally love her. But she even had to sit through the ones that made Chelsea uncomfortable. And she sat there and didn't do anything. She was the best. Now, I'm going to cut to some real-life examples. There are just so many stories about dogs doing crazy things to save people. I think we all know about dogs jumping into the river to rescue someone. But do we know about all the different mountains that dogs have climbed or their remote uh, locations that they've been to? And then service dogs. And I'll leave it there. (laughs) I could talk forever. Can I just add on one more dog? Just to sort of get at um, Brandon to help convince him. Do you remember Duck Hunt? And there was that cute little dog that collected uh, all your ducks for you after you shot him. That dog was an asshole. No. So no. that's not. He would laugh at you when you failed. Oh, I, I never failed, so I don't. Oh my god, that dog that. was the bane of my. Existence. I'm talking about the dog that's there for you with their beautiful eyes when you get home from a long day of work. That's the kind of dog I'm talking about. Is a sidekick. I want to say something about Chewbacca. Um, he, Chewbacca plays games. He plays uh, 3D chess. Um, he's been to all kinds of exotic locations like Cloud City and Hoth. Um, and and just because you, I remember, uh, DP, you said that medals were uh, a big deal for you. Um, and Chewbacca, although he didn't get a medal at the end of A New Hope, he did get a MTV Lifetime Achievement Award in, in, at the 1997 MTV Movie Awards. So that's very important to me. <laughs> um, that's very important. I'm pretty sure that Bruiser, the real life Bruiser, uh, appeared in an award show. That's just a thing I'm pretty sure happened. Um, also, uh, George Lucas's dog, who inspired uh, Chewbacca. Uh, his name was Indiana, who he named Indiana Jones after. So that. 
It all comes from Psychopath. Every time you bring up George Lucas, it makes me want to vote for Chewbacca less. So what I think you just said, though, is um, that a dog inspired Chewbacca. So it all comes back to And dogs. Indiana Jones. Wow. Oh, no, Zara, where are you? Kidding. I'm just going to do what Zara This is does. hard for me. You know how I am with animals. Um, so, especially when you said service dogs, and now I'm imagining uh, a recent news story that happened uh, where a bunch of service dogs all received medals in a row, and it was very inspirational as they were retired. Um, I So the thing is, it's like slightly unfair to think, it's like all dogs, are we including every dog character that is like... A sidekick. We are until like you can name one, one sidekick versus all sidekicks. <laughs> we'll include all of them until there's one that's not a sidekick. I know. Now I'm trying to think of a sidekick. I mean, a dog that is not a sidekick that only acts. Oh, maybe he's a great sidekick. He's, he's a sidekick. That's sidekick. A, he's like that's a, a definition a of a sidekick. No, he might be the star. No, that's what. Well, he has his name in the Oliver title. from Oliver and Company. Oliver's the cat. Oh, um, you're thinking of Do- Dodger is the Billy Joel. Um, yeah, dog. Dodger, that cool dog. Who's Dodger. the cool sidekick? Oh, the um, the, the yeah, cast of Paw Patrol. Irrelevant because no one knows what it is. <laughs> I want so much Paw Patrol. I want it stricken from the record. I have a little idea. Goofy, Goofy on Goof Troop. Yeah, goofy but Goofy on only goof had troop. Goof Troop because Goofy was such a great sidekick to Mickey. Max is his sidekick. Is he the son? I don't know. I think it's his son. Sidekicks can um, have kids. What are we saying? Sidekicks I mean, can't have a family? <laughs> Chewbacca has a family. Um, Andy Richter is um, a unique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Animaniacs. Are they dogs? <laughs> I thought they were mice. I thought they were cats. <laughs> okay, like so ambiguous cartoon animals would be... Charlie, Charlie from <laughs> All Dogs Go to Heaven. He's a star. He's a main yeah, character. Yeah, that's a whole movie about dogs. I think and that movie gonna, was only um, made because I think we're that movie track. was made because some human <laughs> felt such an attachment to their dog. <laughs> I think like we're George losing Lucas. track of our main goals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, where are we landing, guys? Chewbacca or dogs? I'm going to do whatever Zara does. God. Oh God! <sighs> this is hard. Because um, <laughs> it really is like one space dog versus all dogs. What if so, I just gave you one option? Yes. Oh, well, that. No, but you're saying dogs as dogs man's being best friend. man's best friend, being dogs are the, human, are the humanity sidekick. Yes, I still support Yeah, that. like a service dog is that kid in yes, the wheelchair's sidekick. That. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's fair to say every every <laughs> fictional character who's a dog. Well, is maybe not I was gonna fair, pull but saying dogs a little bit of Legally Blonde too, yeah, and make Zara think of a dog she knows, <laughs> and how that dog affected her life. Maybe bring her to tears. That's how Elle won that vote. Uh, no, that was a smart, yeah. smart play. I have Instagram. Uh, I know how to find I your guess. dog. um i will it is hard because it's like all first but the concept of dog as 
I don't know, Tipu. I know you love dogs, but I feel like you would pick dogs for Star Wars. I don't hate Star Wars. Or you're just um, like, exhausted by it. There's too many I Muppets know. In, in Star Wars. Yeah. I'm actually, a, you know, I'm actually leaning a little... I'm so stuck in this idea of a sidekick not being owned. Right. Or like an employee, like a boss employee. Like that. So, so like Chewbacca resonates a little bit. He just has a life debt. (laughs) Oh, a life. Oh, Oh. I didn't know. You're working against yourself. I'm back to dogs now. Actually, wait, wait. No, the life debt. No, no, the life debt was the life debt was an expanded universe. So he doesn't have a life debt. Okay, good. (laughs) <laughs> I think I am leaning towards Chewbacca as more of it's an equal partners oh. situation and I do like how they have the banter between them. Yeah. So Chewbacca. Okay. So we're going with Chewbacca space Can I dog. Give me a few moments. Anyway, I have to console dog. my dog Molly who is sitting here. Now, if you would have picked just your dog and then had them whine on the podcast, Honestly, then I would have just won. let Molly explain it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What kind of dog is um, Molly? We don't know because she's a shelter. <laughs> she's from a kill shelter. So I hope that makes you feel better. <laughs> so Molly is right. like, we Wait, think she's an Icelandic sheep dog. Um, she kind of looks like a red Balto, like the girl from Balto. That's actually what she looks like. Yeah. Uh, Kashyyyk was a slave planet, so. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, the sources. Round three Archimedes from the Sword in the Stone versus. Mikey Minden, creative director to the stars. Oh, I, this is going to Wow. Right. This Literally is a no brainer. Putting, Yeah, I mean, I love both of these things, so I do not mind who goes forward. And they are, they do fulfill a similar role where Archimedes makes Merlin fabulous. And like, yeah, Erica but one's just more confident. Right, that's true. Confidence, Mikey definitely wins. And I don't think Archimedes has any BMA nomination. <laughs> Archimedes sure, is no. Chip in Beating the Beast. <laughs> oh, yes, Zara would go to Broadway to see that. <laughs> as long as Chip was like an owl playing a cup. Yeah, yeah. playing an owl. Playing an owl. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Brandon? Um, we I... don't know Mikey. <laughs> I know of him. Yeah. Um, but I think Archimedes is a is a stronger sidekick because, I don't know, you talk about Archimedes in his relationship to Merlin. I haven't heard a ton, as I've been listening and observing the Mikey Minding conversation, about how he really <laughs> supports uh, Felicia Jane and, and the no rest of No problem. He's her number he one cheerleader. He is right-hand man to Erica Jane. <laughs> He is her best friend in the entire world. It is almost as if they're married because Erica Girardi is married to um, that guy. And I don't even know his name because Mikey Minden is the most important man in Erica Jane's life. He's her best friend. Um, He directs her music videos. He picks out all of her clothings. Talks about her hairstyle choices. He travels with her on her private. Uh, but I think mean, it matters because it sounds like Zara is is now on the Mikey Minden train. 
Well, it's hard. He like, makes his mood board. He went I, when I was in the audience oh. of Watch What Happens Live. He would just come out and really just make her feel confident and comfortable during those commercials. He just stood there and really fluffed her up. It was amazing. Just in terms of service, like he wins. <laughs> like what she's the time <clears throat> she's getting from him is probably more because sometimes Archimedes would just fly away if he was tired of Merlin, and Mikey would never fly away. Can I just read you some interesting numbers, statistics? Mikey Minden is the 11th most famous 32-year-old dancer. Okay. Where, what, what is the source of this? I'm on famousbirthdays.com. He's also okay. the number 23 oh. most popular people with the first name Mikey. That's oh, great. Tumbling for that life, kid. And he met Robin Anton at 16. So it's not like, I mean, he is Erica Jane's sidekick, and that's what we're analyzing here. But he has experience being a sidekick because he was uh, Robin Anton's sidekick. For sure, that's how he started. He's a seasoned sidekick. Okay, yeah. uh, so He's a lifetime mm-hmm. sidekick. I have one vote for Archimedes. <laughs> And three votes for yeah. Mikey I'm okay Minden, to greater than <laughs> the stars. See, I feel much more comfortable saying Mikey All Minden right. wins this thing than Joe Biden. Or <laughs> <laughs> Dion. Well, that was Joe point. Biden's out of the running <laughs> right, now, right. so don't worry about that. <laughs> but the other two that are, are... Andy Richter from Conan O'Brien versus Hugh Becker from Star Wars. <laughs> Becca kills me every time. Ooh. All right, so Chewbacca is when it comes to phase for me, and I, I'm a massive Conan fan, but I just can't picture. And I mean, I'm saying it, but I understand. I, I can't picture Star Wars without Chewbacca. Similarly, I can't picture. The Conan uh, O'Brien show without Andy Richter. <laughs> mm. This is tough. Tip, what's going to tip the scale? <laughs> I think yours and Lauren's votes. Oh, <laughs> that's true. I mean, don't forget, whoever loses this is still going to be in the top round. four. This is, uh, this is, yeah. I mean, the, the final round is next. Oh, okay. So who belongs in the finals, Chewbacca or Andy Richter? I don't know if it's a, a point against Andy in that he's a paid sidekick, whereas Chewbacca is like a sidekick by toy. You know what I mean? Well, well no, they, that's not. That's, that's not. like that in the global so universe. You can't use non-canon material. Like they're, they're <laughs> sidekicks based on relationship, like just having a good vibe between each other and a good working relationship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But and is that also Conan and Andy? <laughs> And Chewbacca is, has continued to most probably be a sidekick even after his his uh, his main character has has moved on. Oh, to not spoil things. <laughs> but there, is, but there is a question that he might be the owner of this. Sh- like, I think he might have been a sidekick in the past, but he will no longer be a sidekick starting <laughs> that last movie. At some movie. point, Randy Richter might you know might move on. <laughs> No, he won't. He won't. No, we know that's he not tried true. So many times. <laughs> we know that's not true. This is 
Yeah, no, I just think it's comes down to faves. My fa- my favorite in this situation is definitely Chewbacca. My favorite, my favorite in, out of these two is is Chewbacca. I guess I, I'm leaning towards Chewbacca only because it, it, it fits. He's in a way he's like a dire wolf. In a way he's like man's best friend. Like he's combining a lot of other things in our list. Yeah. The, the name Chewbacca comes other from the, the Russian like. word Sobaka, which means oh. dog. Oh. Wow. That almost <laughs> ruins it. Oh, no, no. Uh. I was just trying to put it in. You think, I always like when something's like, oh, this is a cool fantasy word that someone made up. No, it's oh. not. <laughs> it's the easiest thing. Uh, it's really hard because when what you think you feeling, of the Lauren? Because I can give up. Really are too I can just give up. I mean, it's pretty amazing to me that Chewbacca was able to do it without his words. Whereas Andy Richter, I don't know how effective he'd be for me if he didn't have words. It's true. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm comfortable with Chewbacca. There's something very special about that relationship. It's got a little bit more Hollywood glitz than Andy Richter. All right. So wait, let me just get this. I didn't get that was the one I never <laughs> I'm not voting for him in the finals. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> no, Mikey Mintz. It says it. That's how you play Tuts Final round. Mikey Minden, creative director to the stars, versus Hugh Becker from Star Wars. <laughs> Two, Two iconic <laughs> characters from pop culture. The, uh, maybe the two most iconic characters from pop culture. <laughs> but two very different. I like how this is like, I don't know, what do you call like a Venn diagram that's two circles side by side that overlap? Like, yeah. This is like two separate worlds of pop culture, but the champions <laughs> of each. I mean, like, that's the question is like, do we think our audience, we want to cater more to like gay males or straight males? Which is not just and for males. We just like have it unfold. I love Chewbacca. Oh, no. You- no, no. I think the women vote is split equally <laughs> amongst <we> women. <laughs> No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think a Chewbacca is iconic as a sidekick. He's iconic as a character. You go, no, I'm saying you're gonna say this, and you're gonna lash out at me. But like, I know there's no cons for Bravo shows, but um, like at a convention, they've <laughs> tried. At a convention, you see Chewbacca's everywhere. On Halloween, you see Chewbacca's everywhere. On Halloween, I don't see Mikey Minden, character to the stars, everywhere. Costumes being worn by children on the street. Well, you just gave me. You just wow, gave me a challenge for this year. Yeah, and you know what? That is really that oh is God. the issue right mm-hmm. there. So you see the Chewbacca costumes because Chewbacca is a star. We are analyzing sidekicks. Mikey Minton's never going to be a damn costume, but you know what is Erica Jane? Yeah. Everyone wants to wear that outfit. Are you kidding? Yeah. 
I had six five-year-old Eric and Jaden show up at my door. I fully believe that. <laughs> because he has made her iconic. That is the role of the sidekick, to make the star shine. Chewbacca is a star. He was from the beginning. And that's, I, yes, in a way, like, I, I think I'm pro Mikey in that we've said that now that Han Solo's dead, it's like Chewbacca is his own character. He stands alone. He had his own Christmas special with his own Wookiee family. But Mikey Minden will oh, never have his own. I'm sure yeah. he's had, he'll, he'll have a Christmas special. <laughs> I think in Mikey in Mikey's head, I think every day is a Christmas special. Yeah. The sidekick will be but, just fine. In, you know, they, they'll have to go on. Um, but I just don't think Mikey could go on without Erica. And I really think Chewbacca... Um, He's going on. We all know how that is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's What's no way they're going to kill him off. There's also this interesting thing like, Andy Richter got knocked out because he uses too many words, and Mikey barely I'm uses any words. Bravo, killing off Mikey. <laughs> Disney will never kill off Chewbacca. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, Bravo will never kill off Mikey. Uh, the. the- no, of course not. No, it's like Erica's good at stirring the pot, she, and she does it. Well, and she shared a little bit of her and life. And when Mikey was, was killed off on um, the Pussycat Dolls present the search for the next doll <laughs> and the Pussycat Dolls present Girlicious, he came back as another sidekick. He's not going into making a Mikey Minden reality show. He will eat the sidekick. He serves his queens with all pride. That's really the tagline. <laughs> That's what we all want, right? He serves his queens with pride. <laughs> I'm Chewbacca sorry, Brandon, but I think you. Um, no, he's not. <laughs> I think this is like. I think there's no convincing the three of us right yeah, now. Chewbacca's not fierce. <laughs> uh, so I want to say, as uh, just to close this out, is that um, we we wanted Lauren on, but the, the, this conversation that got to to made us think of, of, of Lauren was Zara at one time, day came in and said, I'd like to have more female guests on Toad's Face, so I'm not the only f- female. And this is what happens, is Mikey Minden, creative director to the stars. <laughs> and the best part about it is I emailed you and I said, this is crazy, right? And you were like, go for it. <laughs> it's so good it's so good I'm like waiting for this to end so I can go call my sister and tell her the good news the Mikey one church bells start chiming <laughs> battle over which means the totes fave sidekicks are number 5 the moon from the solar system number 4 Archimedes from the sword in the stone Number three, Andy Richter from Conan. Number two, Chewbacca from Star Wars. And number one, Mikey Minden, creative director to the stars. Commence fave of the week segment. So every week we like to tell you our favorite thing of the week. Um, And I'm going to start, and mine actually works really well with what you said, Lauren, um, because (laughs) I was um, trolling YouTube to pick my favorite of the week, and I came across this video called Service Dog Protects My Head During Seizures. (laughs) 
All right, so this is this like adorable lab mutt, and whenever their owner starts to have a seizure, she'll get down on the ground and start like shaking her head as if it's gonna bang on the floor. And this dog goes on his shoulder and then just nuzzles his head underneath the crevice of her neck, like he's just giving infinity kisses underneath her neck as a snuggle bunny. But it has like a secondary thing that she then can't hit her head against the floor anymore because she's getting cuddle time from her puppy. Um, and it's pretty adorable. It's it's heartwarming, and he just looks so cute when he's just like rubbing his nose against the floor to like swirly dwirly underneath his owner's head when she has a seizure. Too bad she didn't make the top five. <laughs> that dog, that that dog in the commercial is <laughs> the best I think. Um, what's your favorite thing, Zara? Well, uh, um, mine is I'm just finally watching Master of None, Aziz Ansari's show on um, Netflix. Um, sorry, I already watched season one. This is season two I'm watching, and it is so good. And it's I'm finally um, the show I work on is on hiatus, so I finally have evenings free again. And I spent one evening watching like four episodes. I cried two times. I laughed a lot. It's shot so beautifully. Season two, part of it takes place in Italy. And so it's lots of like close-ups of them making tortellini and stuff like that. And it's it's just so funny and gorgeous and heartbreaking and great. And I recommend it to everybody. And featuring Raven Simone. What? Raven Simone's in one of the Raven Simone's in one of the later episodes. She is? Not Jack Kay. It's, um, <laughs> it's um, Tina Whiteley. Deepu, you always Whitley? come at me for how much oh, the Muppets looking- are mentioned on this podcast, but I'm sure if we had a word cloud, Raven Simone <laughs> would be pretty close to the word Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Wait, I haven't seen this. Yeah, Raven Simone's in an episode where she has her own TV show. Oh, I haven't gone. Maybe I haven't finished. Um, the, I haven't finished the last episode oh, yet. So maybe it's it, really good. It's, that must yeah, be the it's one. Very that good. Oh yes, yes. Um, yeah, John Legend's in it. One episode. So good. it's so good, and it's just like it, yeah, it's a good like watch a bunch of episodes, have a cry, have a laugh. <laughs> and the diversity of tone across episodes is so good. Yeah. That's what I really like. Like each episode feels like it's its like own. It's Mini like movies. almost like an anthology. Yeah, series. and then one episode in particular, yeah. it's totally <clears throat> not related to the series or indirectly related to the series, where you're sort of following couples and then different people, and then like the the paths of the people overlap, and then it follows the story of that person in the background, basically, which was really really cool. And yeah, it yes. just it's such a and the Thanksgiving episode is amazing and has Angela Bassett as... Um, and Jack Kay. It's not Jack Kay. It's Tina... Wait, oh, God, I'm racist. racist. I'm so sorry. But it's um, of a comedian of a similar um, era style. style. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kim White. Sorry, not Tina. Kim Whiteley. Whitley. Kim Whitley. Oh, and let's see. Brand- is it Brandon's turn? <laughs> so, uh-huh. so good at <laughs> So uh, I'm going to talk about Machi Koro, and it's a board game. And we went to visit Deepu in Pittsburgh. Um, sister brought along a game called Machi Koro. And um, I say that because it's Japanese. And, it's, uh, <laughs> and uh, when we played it, Deepu, I remember you said you weren't totally in love with it. And uh, we got it. didn't it have enough strategy mechanics. Okay. So we got it. And we played it ourselves a couple of times. 
because I liked it. I was intrigued by playing more because we didn't get to finish the game. And we played it. And we, I, I, I agree. I didn't like it. I, I thought it was kind of hollow feeling, right? But Deepu, have you played any of the expansions? No, I have not. Okay, so I just we just bought the Harbor expansion, um, and uh, we played it uh, this weekend with um, on a trip uh, up at the Catskills. We had a lot, lot of board game time, and the Harbor expansion makes it into a phenomenal game. It, it it fixes every problem. So I'm, my pick is not Mochikoro. It's Machikoro, the harbor expansion. But you have to buy both of them. So it actually starts to get a little pricey. But uh, for a board <laughs> game, it is. So basically how it works is you build a little city. It's kind of like SimCity, but it works all with cards and dice. And what the harbor expansion does, Deepu, is it randomizes the marketplace. Uh, and every time someone buys something, another it, they you replace the thing that they bought. So it's always random what's available in the marketplace, which mm. makes, which adds all of the strategy. It, all of a sudden, yeah. once you have that, it makes it so that everyone is building little different cities and every time you play, it's completely different. Uh, it's so much fun. It's one of those games that you can kind of describe to someone how to play it in, you know, less than a minute. And then, you know, it clicks and it works and it's incredible. Uh, Zara, do you? Yeah, do you it's awesome. It's kind of like Yahtzee meets Sin City. Yeah. It's a dice throwing, Ooh. like, so everything is sort of up to luck on some level. On some level. Fine. But yeah. you do have to decide what you're building and yeah. what you're building leads to. And it's to good because when you're, you're playing with a small group, it, it, I'd say it, it like, it's one of those games that's 40 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's nicely timed. Yeah. Uh, so that's the geeky board game corner. And how about you, Lauren? <laughs> okay, so uh, back to the female corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> back to the reason I was brought on this show. Um, <laughs> I'm so obsessed with Freeform Show, the bold type. This is an incredible show. And it is truly like... Uh, it is it is like reminiscent of watching some of my favorite like teen dramas like Gossip Girl and I guess One Tree Hill, but it's like you have to try a little harder because these girls actually go through things that might actually happen to you in your life, unlike you know Cotillion. Um, so it's just I really can't say enough good things about it. It's so great, and it comes from Joanna Coles who was the editor-in-chief for Cosmo, but now I think she runs, like, all of the creative content for... I think it's Hearst. I'm so sorry. But she's the, pro- she's the producer of it, or is she the writer? Yeah, and she even has... She's the producer, and she even has the lead character is, like... Well, one of the lead characters is based on her. Like, she's got the short blonde hair, and um, the girls are just, like, girls working at the magazine, and one of them wants to be a writer. One wants to move up from her assistant job. And it's, like, very timely for me. So I think it's uh, it's so smart and so wicked good. <clears throat> She's really cool. She was a guest judge or, like, a mentor on Project Runway for a while. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was, like, really rad. I think she's smart. And I think she um, she seems like a more of a giver than she leads on to be. But I think she really is, like, a quite a giver from what I've seen. Well, that's on my to-do list now. I hope you I like it. I've, I don't think I've watched a single freeform show yet, so I have to get on it. 
It's yeah, I'm surprised. So it, I'm surprised Deepu isn't on top of that because it's that's fully in in your um, wheelhouse, Deepu. Wheelhouse. I'm only watching DC inspired television right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I'm catching oh. up on Supergirl and loving yeah. every moment of it. Oh my gosh. I need to watch yeah. Riverdale. That's what I need to watch. Are you watching Riverdale as well? Riverdale is so great. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes, I love it. It's dark. It's really well done, too. It's really pretty. Yeah. But that's Harvey Comics inspired, so not DC Comics inspired. So, Deepu, you're not watching. I just want to say an apology because we did a whole podcast about sidekicks and we never mentioned our intern, Sheila. Oh. Oh, maybe she can start the message boards that we brought up. All those messages, yeah, message Sheila, boards. you should get on that. Um, I blame Deepu for not Yeah, I was going to ask Sheila to look up um, how selfish the moon was, <laughs> but I forgot. <laughs> um, uh, Lauren, uh, where in the world can we find you? Well, you can find me at the Upright Citizens Brigade on August 23rd, 11 p.m., doing another Night Late show. We're doing um, an end-of-summer bash hosted by Vacation Jason. No way! That's awesome! Yes! It'll be very, very fun. I'm very excited. Um, And then SNL returns this fall. Oh, it is returning. Good. (laughs) Yes, it's returning. It's a big surprise, in case you guys hadn't heard. Lauren, I'm not to pat myself on the back, but I'm obsessed with SNL, and I've been doing everything in my, like, self-willpower to not accost you with 10,000 questions. (laughs) Well, offline. Yeah, offline, I'm going to blow them all. (laughs) (laughs) Throw them away. Well, I'm glad um, you love the show. Oh, and so, Deepu, where can uh, people find you when you're not watching SNL? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at VP Murdy if you want to see what type of research I'm interested in. Um, or you can catch some shows at Steel City Improv Theater in Pittsburgh if you're ever around, because um, there's like a 20% chance I'll be in one of them on any given weekend. <laughs> Brandon and I visited Deepu in Pittsburgh, and we can confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, for me, you can follow me on Twitter at ZaraFS. You can also watch Watch What Happens Live. We're on a little break now until September. Um, and then back Sunday through Thursday nights live at 11. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at BB Warner and my comedy history project, Laughing Historically, on YouTube and Instagram and Apple Podcasts at Laughing Historically. And if you like this show, please, please, please rate and subscribe to Totes Faves wherever your podcasts are stored. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for updates on on all future episodes. That's at Totes Faves on all of those networks. And this week in our Apple Podcast Review section, uh, feel free to leave the name of who you think the best sidekick dog is. So if it wasn't all the dogs in the world, but one specific dog, like who's the best? I think it's that one that's saving that woman from seizures by cuddling her. Oh. <laughs> we, can't, we can't go near that one. And now I'm like, I literally was lost in a reverie trying to think of Sidekick dogs. dogs. <laughs> sidekick dogs. Sidekick dogs. <laughs> We'll leave it on, leave it on the review section. <laughs>